Welcome to the Promised Land podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you for tuning in and blessings and peace be with you from wherever you are tuning in from. I'm your host, David Krieger, and let's hop straight into it. You may be asking yourself, the Promised Land podcast, why the Promised Land? This first episode is dedicated to exactly that question. I want to explain the reasoning and the significance behind the promised land and why it is the name of the podcast. Let's get into it. But first, we need a quick background story. So, we look to Exodus to find this thrilling and significant story and find God's chosen people, the Israelites, stuck in Egypt for almost 430 years, working as slaves and being oppressed by the Egyptians, waiting for a promise that was given to them. Well, their forefather, Abraham, believing that the God that made this promise would rescue them. And deliver them from this oppression. And he does. Sending forth Moses. Or Moshe as they would have called him back in that day. An adopted prince of Egypt. Born from the people of Abraham. He leads them out of Egypt. Into the wilderness. Where they wander for 40 years. Where Moses dies. And then appoints Joshua. And Joshua eventually leads the people into the promised land. Now that we have the background, I want to hop into it and take it bit by bit and show why this is significant to us as Christians today. And the parallels we can draw between the story of the Israelites and our lives and experiences. And hopefully we can open our eyes to this magnificent story in the Bible. Now, every story has a start to the journey. It has to start somewhere. For the Israelites and the story of Exodus, it was Egypt. But for us something different we as christians today as the new chosen people of god the followers of jesus christ and as humans experience the same as the israelites but different i want to look here at the metaphorical for a moment egypt for the Israelites was a place of immense suffering and oppression. A place of torment where their identity was robbed, stripped away, broken on a day-to-day basis. And we each have an Egypt in our lives. Some of us, most of us maybe, are still stuck in that Egypt. But our Egypt is not necessarily a place. For some it could be a place, but 
it, it's not necessarily a place. For us, it is a way of life. Just the same as the Israelites over 430 years of oppression and the stealing of identity, we as people have started to adopt this Egypt as a part of who we are. We have adopted this new culture. We have adopted this new set of beliefs, this new picture of what things are supposed to be like in our lives and civilization when we are actually supposed to be so far from it. We have adopted the worldly view of how things are meant to be. We have adopted Egypt as our homeland, as our country, as our when it is not supposed to be. Just disclaimer, I'm not physically talking about Egypt. But Egypt, in the sense of the metaphorical, our Egypt could be your addictions, your belief systems, your actions, your thought patterns, your habits. Egypt in the metaphorical, is the thing that is keeping you captive from being the person God intended you to be. It is the thing that is keeping you away from the promised land, away from God. Now, we've identified, hopefully you've been able to identify your Egypt. And if you haven't, I encourage you to identify that part in your life, the Egypt. What is holding you back? I want you to take that image and I want you to hold it. And next, I want you to identify the one who has been called to get you out of Egypt. Your guide into the wilderness. And in this case, brothers and sisters, <laughs> it is our Messiah, the Word of God, Jesus. Now God sent Israelites, the Israelites Moses and Joshua, to get them through the wilderness and into the promised land. But for us, he has sent a superior equivalent fulfilling both jobs, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now, the same way Moses called against the Pharaoh to let his people free, so too Jesus has called us to be free. He's calling us out of bondage, out of oppression, out of bad habits, out of addiction, to a journey with him to a better place, to the house of his father, our promised land. He has called us away from sin to communion with God. And the parallels don't stop there. Okay. 
the Bible is basically, if you look at it metaphorically here, or if you cross-reference it, the Bible is basically explaining to you what is going to happen in your journey as a follower of Christ. Well, at least that's what I get from it. And I want to add something here. God told the Israelites he would free them, but he never said the journey would be easy. Because just like the Israelites were complaining, walking through the desert, through the wilderness, asking to return to Egypt. They literally said, have you brought us into the wilderness to die? Can you not rather take us back to Egypt? Just as they did that, we complain in our journey with Jesus. And just like the Israelites created idols and spat in the face of God, we too spit in the face of God with our sins and our unjust ways and our stupid ways, hurtful ways, angry ways. But God's love persists. This is a theme throughout the story. God's love persists. Even for, before the law, they were complaining and murmuring, and that's a sin. And after the law, they were still doing it, but they were still able, some of them, to enter the promised land. God's love persists. Cue the serpent on the stick. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, God sent a snake, well, snakes, to bite the Israelites because of their disobedience and their idol worship. He then tells Moses to create a serpent out of bronze and hoist it up on a stick and tells Moses to tell the people that all who look upon the snake or the serpent will be saved and healed. So too are we today as Christians, as people, called by God to look upon the one who was raised high on the cross, the one who will crush the serpent's head. We are called to look upon our sins laid bare, the thing that scares us the most. We are supposed to look upon Jesus for our healing. And our salvation. The wilderness is a place where God's people had to endure and keep faith and persevere. A place where God ensured that his people understand the assignment and the expectations that are expected from being his people. Our wilderness is the same. From the moment Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit call you from out of Egypt, you are in the wilderness. Most of us are in the wilderness today. Some of us are still stuck in Egypt, and none of us on earth are in the promised land yet. Our wilderness, 
our walk with Jesus is like the wilderness for the Israelites. It is a place to wrestle with God and our iniquities. That's why they called Israel. Israel means wrestle with God. A place where Jesus, the wilderness is a place where Jesus prepares us for life and entrance to his father's house. The promised land, communion, relationship with God. A place where our actions and thoughts are called to change for the better, but also a place where we sometimes fall flat on our face in attempt of that change. But God's love persists. I want to take note of two of the most important characters in the story of the Israelites. Now, Moses was the manifestation of the law and the Ten Commandments and the, well, the law is the Ten Commandments, but the Ten Commandments and the 613 other laws that the people of Israel had to follow. Notice how Moses didn't make it into the Promised Land. Now, for those who are following, this would be across exit all the first five books except for Genesis, so Exodus, Leviticus, etc. into Joshua. But notice how Moses didn't make it into the promised land. Now, a lot of biblical scholars will tell you it's because he was disobedient to God, which may very well be the case. But I think my theory is that God, as always, was looking at the bigger picture, the bigger story. I believe Moses did not necessarily not enter the promised land because of his disobedience. Because the Israelites, some of the, most of the first generation died off in the 30, first 40 years in the in the wilderness but the rest still entered even though they have sinned why didn't Moses because Moses did not enter the promised land because Moses was the manifestation of the law that which we must do our actions you must not do this you must not the Ten Commandments would be, thou shalt not steal, you know, that type of thing, that which we do. Moses was the manifestation of that. It was not Moses' job to get the Israelites into the Promised Land. But the one who succeeded him, the one whose name is Joshua, or as the people of Israel would have called him back then, Yeshua. Sounds quite familiar, doesn't it? It was Joshua's job to take the Israelites into the promised land. 
just like it is Jesus's or Yeshua's job to take us into the promised land. Because the law does not, our actions do not get us to heaven. Because we cannot keep them. We have not kept them. But it is our guide who will get us there. Our journey as followers of Jesus Christ is not so different to the story of the Israelites. We are stuck in our ways. We are stuck in Egypt. And God has provided us with a way, a guide, a leader to free us and save us so that we may one day be with him as he intended us to be. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why it is called the Promised Land Podcast. Because we, as a people, as a community, just like the Israelites, need to walk this journey together and with Jesus. And that is what this podcast is going to be all about. So with that being said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, welcome to the Promised Land podcast where we seek communion with God by escaping from the things that hold us back and wrestle with God and our iniquities to eventually reach the Promised Land. Thanks to our appointed guide and saviour, Lord Jesus Christ.